Hello, I'm Scott Winnell, and this is TW Now. Welcome to our new viewers, and welcome back to those of you who are with us every week. On Tuesday evening of this week, a 22-year-old former student opened fire in a University of North Carolina Charlotte classroom, just across town from where we are today. He killed two and he injured four others, three critically, before being taken into custody by the police. We do pray for the families of the dead, as well as the living victims. The world around us appears to be filled with an increasing amount of hatred. People no longer just dislike you, they actually hate you, and they're not afraid to act on that hatred. Arabs hate Jews in the West. Sunni Arabs hate Shia Arabs. White extremists hate Muslims. Muslims hate Christians and Jews. Ethnic groups hate different ethnic groups. Racial groups hate other racial groups, and the list goes on. Bloomberg columnist Noah Smith recently tweeted, based on observations on a trip to Japan, quote, Americans are obsessed with criticizing things, especially on social media. We venerate and worship snark and sneer at positivity as smarm. Positive tweets get a few dozen retweets while denunciations go viral. I think we changed, unquote. This comment was recently quoted in a National Review article entitled, A Culture of Enmity, and you can see that on your screen right now. The hashtag, <coughs> Stop the Hate, has become popular but certainly it has done little to impact mass shootings, stabbings, and vehicular slaughters. And, of course, the hateful rhetoric continues as well. Conservatives like President Trump are tagged for fomenting hate, while his accusers muse on how they would like to hurt him if given the chance. The hypocrisy is evident, and the answers seem to be lacking. Why do we see so much hatred today? And are there any solutions? Or will the world just spiral in a cycle of hatred and destroy itself? And what insights and solutions might the Bible provide? One of the books now labeled as a source of hate speech. Our guests today will take a thoughtful look at these challenging questions, and you won't want to miss what they have to say. I would like to introduce our guest now. Mr. Rod McNair is a returning guest here at TW Now. He's a Tomorrow's World writer and presenter, and he's written and spoken on the topics of hate and peace many times over the years. Mr. McNair, welcome back. It's good to have you back in the studio with us. Thank you. Mr. Hugh Stewart is also joining us today for the first time. He's connecting via Skype from his home in the United Kingdom. Mr. Stewart is a minister, and in my experience, uh, a man who is experienced with working toward peace. He is a peacemaker. It's a great opportunity to have you on the program again, or for the first time with us today, Mr. Stewart. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Just as a reminder to our audience, if you have any questions as we carry out our discussion today, please feel free to message us, and we'll do our best to address some of your questions. Also, please feel free to, and we welcome you to subscribe, to like, or to share today's program. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started. And Mr. Stewart, I'd actually like to begin with you today. Uh, as we begin our discussion here on hatred and, and why hatred exists, what are some of the major hate-filled actions that have caught your attention in recent years? I, I have four or five actions that, that I would like to reference quickly. Uh, the 2012 Aurora uh, movie cinema shooting in Colorado, the Orlando nightclub shooting that was in 2016, and then any of the school shootings between 2012 and 2018, 
then the shooting of Congressman Steve Scalise. And here in the UK in March, a number of explosive devices were planted at separate transport hubs, including the grounds of Heathrow. And I picked these actions because the victims and intended victims are varied and the reason for each crime is different. So the hate we are seeing, as you pointed, Dr. Scott, is not just um, a matter of extremists like ISIS or so forth, but it comes from anywhere and anyone can be targeted. But they all have one thing in common, hate. Yes. Yes. Mr. McNair, what do you have to add? <clears throat> well, uh, it's, it's hard not to pick the, the one you referenced already because it happened just a few miles up the road from us. Um, uh, two students are dead because of this fellow who came in, barged into a classroom, and started shooting. Um, <clears throat> it's not exactly clear a stated motive uh, yet, as far as I know. But I was just struck by two things. One, the, the brazenness of this individual as he was being led away by police. Somebody asked him, a reporter, uh, what did you do? And he just sort of casually said, I shot the guys. I mean, where does that come from? How can someone be so cold as a human being? Mm. And the other that was struck me was that there, one of the victims, um, his name was Riley Howell, 21-year-old student, um, he, he rushed this fellow and uh, tackled him and was killed in the process and police are saying he probably saved uh, multiple lives in his, his quick action. So uh, a, an example of bravery and someone laying down their life, but, but certainly this, the, the shooter, how do you get to that point? And I know that's why we're talking about it today, mm -hmm. to be so brazen and cold to another human being. Yeah, that's an interesting juxtaposition, isn't it? Where you have this one young man, Riley Powell, who cared enough about people in his classroom, several of whom he probably didn't even know very well, to lay down his life for them. And then you have the shooter who comes in and, and cares less about all of these people. Very impersonal perspective. Right. Mr. Stewart, do you have anything else you want to add at this point? Yes, as I thought of this uh, this topic we were going to discuss today, I couldn't help but think of Cain and Abel. You know, Cain is the first person mm. to commit a crime, a hate crime, and he killed his brother. And why did he kill his brother? Uh, you know, he killed his brother because he thought he was robbed of something. He wanted, Cain wanted um, to get praise, he wanted to get uh, glory wanted to get satisfaction for something he did not do and um, he, he decided that somebody else had to be blamed for it you know he, his, his works the Bible says if we go to the Bible where that is concerned he said that his works were were evil and his brothers were good and then he got jealous of his brother and killed him and so you you find this among people who hate is that they think somebody has robbed them of something or somebody else is standing in their way or somebody else you know, causes them not to um, gain the thing that they aspire toward. And that really does help us segue into the next question, uh, which picks up where you're leaving off. Why do we, Mr. McNair, why do we see hatred increasing in so many segments of society today? Mr. Stewart's just touched on that, but I'd really appreciate it if you both could discuss that a little bit further. What are the motivations? Why are we seeing this happen? You know, <clears throat> there are 
we, t we were talking about this just before we started. Um, there are really a, a number of things, dynamics that are happening. And uh, it seems like one that jumps out at you, as, as Mr. Stewart, Stewart was mentioning, is that people are more and more blaming their situation on others, blaming their problem on others. And there's sort of a disconnect with, with, from others and a, a, even a becoming a fear of those who aren't like you and an isolation um, and, and a polarization in a sense. As our society, you know, we, we were told that the internet would bring the world together and it's doing just the opposite. It's actually segmenting us. Uh, social media, he mentioned, uh, it's uh, really disengaging us from, except, uh, from everybody except for those who are exactly like us, if, if that's what we want. Mm -hmm. Mr. Stewart, what else are you observing? Reasons for the, what appears to be increasing hatred around us today, and certainly people acting on it. Well, the increase in, in, in hatred, you know, I, I look back at, I compare this age to, you know, past, past ages, um, for example, or, you know, years ago. Uh, when you think, just something I want to throw out, in sports, you know, great players will tell you that part of what makes them so great at what they do is the fact that they pay attention to details and they stick to the fundamentals. And they lose their form and they abandon the basics and the fundamentals. And part of the rise in hate is that we have moved away from basic principles little things, fundamentals, that have kept us civil over the centuries or even over millennia. Common courtesies like, good morning, how are you doing? Give an elderly person, you know, rise and give an elderly person your seat on a bus or a train. And there's still some of that going on, of course, but it's less and less. These basic principles are not part of the ethos of many of today's leaders at all. They think the opposite. You know, when I was growing up, we were taught basic principles. We were taught, for example, memory gems in school. I, I was taught to repeat Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. I know that by heart today, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. We don't teach those things anymore. And so we have a generation that, that is growing up without any foundational um, principles at all to keep us civil. It makes me wonder, uh, you, you bring up a really good point about how these basic civilities are not being passed down to future generations. Why do you think that is, Mr. McNair? Why, why aren't we teaching these concepts and ideas to next generations? Well, first of all, <clears throat> this, was, this is not a surprise that this is happening. It was prophesied by Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, he said, as one of the signs of the end, that, that their, their love will grow cold. And why is that? Because lawlessness will abound. And so as more and more people do not have respect for God uh, and do not have even a semblance of a respect for the Bible, and as Mr. Stewart was mentioning, the, the, the principles that come from the Bible, then there is a direct correlation to a growing coldness of one to another, neighbor to neighbor, brother to brother. So when you say lawlessness will abound, you're not talking about civil laws? 
You're talking about right. biblical laws, right? We're talking about uh, we're talking about universal laws. We're talking about global laws that that God put into motion, just as sure as gravity and magnetism. Uh, there are laws about how we treat our brother. There are laws about how we uh, interact with one another. Um, James chapter four and verse one. Uh, and James said, where do wars and fightings come from you? And he said, they come from your covetousness, your, your lust. You desire to obtain and you don't have. And what you have, you, you consume it on your lusts. So there are spiritual dynamics that as we move further and further from these biblical tenets, that the, as he said, the, the details that people re that we really need to interact with each other are are swiftly uh, going away. Interesting, Mr. Stewart. The same question, the same thought. Can you think of any other motivators for the hatred that we're seeing around us today? I I think also it's being taught. I think hate is being taught, and and people may not think that they are teaching hate. They, they may not go and say to somebody, um, do this to your next door neighbor if you go to school, you know, and somebody punches you, punch a person back. I know some parents do that. But our leaders, we, we, have, we have leaders that they have no semblance at all of right and wrong. We, we, we live in an age, for example, where they are redefining um, all the very basic principles, the, the foundational principles that have kept society together. They are redefining, um, for example, they're, people are redefining marriage, they are redefining um, your very gender, and people are even redefining hate. And so we have leaders who will say hate is to, to disagree with someone. If you take an opposing position on principle, maybe even on religious ground for conscience sake, they, they can say, well, you're hateful. And I think of the, the owner of Chick-fil-A, he was just standing up for certain principles that he believed all his life, and now they target his company and, 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 and accuse him of, of being hateful and of discriminating and all that. So we have leaders in society, the media, and all these people who push these things, and these things are taught um, indirectly, and, and, and people, you know, people just go for it. And it's driven up. A lot of it is driven by the media and social media in particular. I think it's a great point. The, the, the redefinition. What do you do when you want to totally change society? You start to redefine things. You, you start to, to change the definition so that uh, up is down, you know, uh, down is up. and, and Evil is good. <laughs> evil is good. I mean, the Bible says that. And so uh, I think another element that has to be thrown in here is wh why is this happening why do people do that and and the bible shows that there is a spirit being who has been around a long time who is a murderer and a liar from the beginning jesus said and his name is satan the devil he he's he's unseen we don't we can't see him we can't hear him but he is broadcasting attitudes we, he's the prince of the power of the mm -hmm. air and uh, he's stirring things up. You can just tell if you're a observant person, thoughtful person, you can tell why are people stirred up today and so quick to get angry uh, today. There's somebody stirring the pot 
and the Bible reveals that there is an evil being doing that. Mm. Mr. Stewart, on that same note, can, can you describe maybe a little bit how uh, Satan the devil, he's called the adversary, is one of his names in the scripture, how he goes about stirring people up, or maybe what some of his motivation is when he stirs people up to hatred? Well, the, the Satan is, is evil. And that's what, it, that's what he's selling. He's like a salesman and he sells evil. I, I often think that Satan looks at what God was doing or God is doing and he says, I can do something different and prove it. And so he's on a mission to prove that he can do something great, I guess. Think of, I think of it this way. You, you have people who um, are geniuses and um, they are whiskeds, they can fix computers, but they spend their time hacking into computers instead of building something, instead of going about and, and building another platform, building something mm -hmm. that can yeah. help people. They decide, well, you know, I'll spend my time hacking into the Pentagon, hacking into the, the, the White the Palace or into the, here in the UK or something along those lines. And I think Satan does the same thing. He wants to prove that he's a genius, but he's a mad scientist, so to speak. And so he has um, human beings who are cut off from God and he's, he's using them as pawns in a sense, um, to, to, to just motivate them to do evil. And I think it's self-serving to an extent what Satan is doing, trying to prove a point, just like um, these hackers, mm. I guess. Let me uh, read a Facebook question to you both, and we'll let you take a shot at this first, Mr. McNair. It says, don't you feel that some are using divisions and hatred for political ends, manipulating people to feel victimized or alienated from others for political gain? Do, do we see any of that in the world around us? <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, you know, the, when you look at historically, I mean, even in the uh, rise of Hitler, uh, what was he able to do? He was able to recognize that people were uh, disenfranchised, that people were in situations where they, they, were, they didn't have money, they didn't have jobs, and it get, he rode the wave. So uh, we can look around at leaders who tap into anger, tap into angst, tap into frustration, and those who are savvy uh, tap into it to their own benefit. And uh, you know, we, we, we can see that happening. Mm. Mr. Stewart, anything to add? I, I think about the seat that you're sitting in uh, over there, not, not just in the UK, but right there on the edge of Europe where some amazing things are happening politically right now as well. Uh, any of, do you see any of that related to uh, hatred or tapping into fears of the populace? Yes, and um, you know, right on the top of the list is um, Brexit. And they have, they, they have had um, quite a number of demonstrations outside of parliament here on, on Brexit. Um, so far, it's not violent or anything like that. But you have these divisions going on and you have leaders who are trying to promote themselves instead of promoting what's good for the country. You, you, you think of a country like the UK, uh, like, like um, England, that, you know, is a pioneer in, in, in democracy and these things and law and order. And they can't come together to, to, to make a decision because we have self-serving individuals. 
And um, there are people who benefit from division. There are people who, mm. this is how I get elected, by being divisive. Um, and Mr. McNair touched on that. But we, we do see some of that going on. You know, you scratch your head and you think, is this happening in Great Britain? This, con this small country that ruled the world almost at one time, and they can't figure out how to break away from the EU. And so we have a lot of demonstrations taking here and um, people in each other's faces. But it, it's not as bad as it could be. Mm. That's the other, sober. <clears throat> Go ahead. The other thing is, the, 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 I, I think we can't uh, forget the media um, benefits from this as well. Um, I, you know, I had a, a class a long time ago uh, about media, and uh, one of the one of the tenets that the teacher emphasized was, remember, the 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 aim of a newspaper is to sell newspapers. It's not necessarily to to give business. you the truth. It is business. It's a business, and so if they can, uh, you know, let, let's face it, whoever can get the tweets, whoever can get the the, the likes, the shares, the subscribers, they're going to, to, uh, to latch on to whatever sells. And what sells? Uh, you know, things that are, that are uh, different, things that are sort of out there, that are wild, uh, violence, um, th th this, is, this sells. So, unfortunately, uh, many of those who even make their living, how, how do they make their living? by uh, focusing on the worst of what's happening. Why? Because the other networks are as well. Mm -hmm. So they can't get behind. So uh, it's, it's a vicious cycle, really. Mm -hmm. Mr. Stewart, <clears throat> we, we've begun to talk just a little bit about sort of the background and what motivates some of the hate today. I think we need to go to the scripture, the Bible, for a little bit, because the Bible begins to share some solutions. What are some of the solutions that the Bible shares related to hate? What are the solutions to hatred? You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. The Bible is, is an old book. And we start to talk about um, God's people when God took the children of Israel out of Egypt. Before that, about his nation is, is what I um, really want to say. And he began to teach them his principles. And way back in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 19 and verse 17, and I want to read that. It says, you shall not hate your brother um, in, your, in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. And right there, you see the Bible is promoting civility. So listen, you and your brother may have a problem. But you don't have to take your machete and go hack the guy next door because you have a problem. You don't have to poke his eye out. You know, you don't have to sin. You know, you can rebuke him. You can talk about these things in, in a civil way. What does the Bible say when uh, Michael went to rebuke Satan? How did Michael do that? He didn't rail against him and say, you so-and-so, nothing like that. He simply said, the Lord rebuke you. You know, a message from the Lord, the Lord rebuke you. Simple as that. And um, the Bible does promote civility and, and, and peacemaking through and through and through, Old Testament, New Testament. Mm. You, just clarifying, Michael being the, the very high-ranking angel uh, uh, rebuking Satan. Okay. Mr. McNair, yeah. what, yeah. what solutions? You know, it's interesting. Solution, but really have to make a, an assertion before that, that, that a lot of people, 
not a lot, but more and more people today, I think, are are not trusting the Bible and are saying the Bible is part of the problem. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. the Bible is full of hate speech. The 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 things in the Bible actually somehow you know instigate uh, people to do things. Some people accuse God of being a megalomaniac of of uh, you know of murdering people just uh, for for no reason. I think we have to, when we look at solutions, we have to really go back to that definition of what is right, what is wrong, and understand that there are certain things we should hate. Uh, for example, God says in Proverbs, uh, you know, chapter, chapter 6, uh, these six things the Lord hates. Mm -hmm. Seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet swift and running to evil, a false witness that speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Mm -hmm. So making sure that we have a right definition of sin is really crucial. And understand that God loves people. He loves everyone. His son died for everyone. And yet, Sin, he understands, brings death, mm -hmm. so he hates sin. Mm -hmm. And that really is, is sort of a foundational element we have to start with, too. Absolutely. Mr. Stewart, just picking up on that, God does instruct us to hate sin. Uh, is it therefore, is it okay to hate people who sin? You know, I, look, I look around the world and I see certain, even religious groups, who are hating people who sin. Is, isn't that okay? Because they're hating sinners. Oh, oh, absolutely not. We're not supposed to hate this um, people. We're not supposed to hate the sinner because we all have sinned and, you know, come short, you know. Even the most the person who thinks he's the most righteous, you know, he, he sins too. So, um, no, but we are to hate the wrong. And there's a way we can, we can show our disdain for wrong without hating someone. You know, and people can pick that up easily. People can people can see, you know, this person loves me, but this person um, doesn't like the things I'm doing. And there, people can people can figure those things out. Love in, in, uh, is so powerful that people can see that. You know, um, another thing, just picking up on what Mr. McNair said, if I may, um, parenting I think is a big part of the solution. You know, parents need not to just turn their children over to social media and just walk away and, and say, well, you know, here's, a, here's a, a, a smartphone and here's a television or what have you. Um, they need to be teaching their children. And that's one of the things the Bible said early on, you have to teach your children. The mm -hmm. communists get people to become communists by teaching them young. Certain religions do that. You have to teach your children. But if you don't know the right way from the wrong way, what are you going to teach them anyway? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a vicious thing. Well, that sort of brings us back to the comments you made very early on, that we aren't passing down these civilities to our children anymore. And it yes. seems like, um, will, will children, if they're not taught right and wrong, if they're not taught these civilities, if they're not taught not to hate but to love instead, are they going to pick that up on their own in a world that we live in today? Yeah, I, I think that g jumping off of what, he, what you said and what Mr. Stewart said, um, we all have a responsibility in our own homes to teach our children and also to monitor ourselves. You know, Christ said 
that uh, you've heard it said that you shall not kill, you shall not murder. I say to you, don't hate your brother in your heart. Don't, don't, don't have an anger that grows to such a point where you feel like another person is worthless. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really something that we all can look at ourselves. You know, it's easy to look at a, a shooting and some guy who takes in an automatic weapon and kills people and say, that's horrible, why would he do that? And then we walk away and we feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, he's a bad person. But Christ was saying that when we look at ourselves, the, the spirit of murder is something that I think we all have to really wrestle with because it's anger, it's outbursts of wrath, as Paul said, that's one of the fruits of uh, works of the flesh. Uh, so it really, really starts at home. Mr. Stewart, let me come to you and ask you this related question and see if we can make a connection even closer here. <clears throat> Mr. McNair is talking about the suffering that can come from, from hatred. What is really the connection between hatred and murder? Uh, it's, it's, hatred, one is the, the end result of it and one is the beginning of it. You know, um, if, if you think of a, a, a baby who, who is born, you know, that baby started from a small invisible sperm. We, we can't see it with the naked eye, but it grows and it develops. And that's the beauty of the Bible. That's the power of the Bible, of God's way, because God looks at things um, with what they are in their infancy and even before infancy, so to speak, and what they can become. So that's the connection. One is at the start and one is the end result. And if you don't start it wrong, it won't end wrong. If you start it right, it will finish right. And if you start wrong, you will end wrong. Okay, very helpful. Let me, be, we need to wind down now, gentlemen. You've helped us see some, I think, important solutions. Actually, Mr. McNair, it looks like you're getting ready to make a comment. Well, I, I, I just wanted to, to throw in one thing. Please do. Um, because I think for anyone who is wanting to believe the Bible and wanting to, to, to see proofs of, of things that the Bible says would happen, are happening, mm. I think it, it's, Second Timothy chapter three and verse one is just hard to, to not refer to in this context. No, Paul said that in the last days perilous times will come, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. I mean, how 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 can we not say wow? Is that not describing our society today? And, and Paul said that 2,000 years ago. Uh, <clears throat> that's important, and it, it does strike a chord. Mm -hmm. It helps us realize God knew what he was talking about, but apparently he could foresee right. where human nature would take humanity in the absence of following God's laws, as you've been talking about. As we wind down, gentlemen, I'd like to ask you this question. If you could leave us... Um, in. Mr. McNair, we'll start with you. If you could leave us with a, a parting observation or a comment, a takeaway that you would like the audience to keep in mind as they leave the program today. You know, I think the lesson for us all when we understand that uh, Paul prophesied that our, our day 
would be a time when people are very quick to get angry. Uh, Christ prophesied that love would grow cold, very quick to get angry. It's really up to all of us to not let political issues, not let social issues, mm -hmm. not let personal issues become such that, I mean, we can be passionate about what we believe, mm -hmm. but we really all need to look at ourselves and not let those issues and differences with other people turn into hatred. Otherwise, we are falling into the same trap. And as Mr. Stewart mentioned, if we had the opportunity, if time went on long enough, we, we are capable of doing what any murderer does with a handgun or an automatic weapon. We've got to look at ourselves in our heart. Okay, thank you. Mr. Stewart, what's a takeaway for the audience from you? Mine is um, similar to some extent to uh, Mr. McNear's. Um, you know, in the aftermath of World War II, Doug, General Douglas uh, MacArthur um, surveyed the carnage and the destructiveness of war and hate. And he, he, I have a quote from him, and he, he, he narrowed it down to the heart. He said, quote, the problem basically is theological and involves a spiritual recrudescence and improvement of human character. He said this, it must be of the spirit if we are to save the flesh. And I don't know if um, General MacArthur knew that he, in effect, was echoing the teachings of the Bible. But that's the solution, the teachings of the Bible. That's the, the, those are the principles that we, we, are get, we have given up on. Those are the principles that we have thrown out through the window. And the Bible teaches matters of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Hater can only be expunged by the power of God. And um, I, I give God thanks that that day is coming when planet Earth will be filled with the true knowledge of God. And that's the hope that we can, we can rest on. We were living in a very in perilous times, in troublesome times, in hateful times. But these times will end because the knowledge of God will resurface in a powerful way and overtake the world. And mankind will finally come to realize that God's ways work and the Bible works. That's a powerful irony, isn't it? That we, we label this book yes. as hate speech in a time when it actually has the solutions, solutions. to the problems of hate we see, mm -hmm. yet we can't find solutions because we've buried the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, wow, what an interesting situation. Mr. Stewart, thank you so much for joining us today from the UK. It's wonderful having you on the program, and, and thanks for your time and your observations. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you. Mr. McNair, thank you again for being on the program. Thank you for bringing your thoughts and your observations and some really helpful insights today as well. Thank you. It's been, uh, been a real pleasure. You know, it's sad, isn't it, that given all of the advances of the last hundred years and more, hatred is not only prevalent in our societies around the globe, but it appears to be increasing. The ironic thing is that our blinded societies are now even motivating us to hate the haters. Hatred is a feeling and an action that stems from putting ourselves and our wants and desires before others, as we've talked about today. And as the Bible clearly states in Galatians 5, hatred is a work of the flesh. It's not a fruit of God's spirit, but rather a characteristic of Satan, the devil. The Bible truth 
and one even understood and sung about in our modern society is that love and concern actually can conquer hate. You can't care about someone and also hate them. There is a way to solve the socially destructive dilemma of hatred, and that way begins in the book of peace, the Bible. For solutions to this problem, we encourage you, look for our article on our website, tomorrowsworld.org. The article is entitled, Are You a Peacemaker? And in fact, you can type, type in as a search uh, peacemaker, or you can even type in hate or hatred, and you'll find some very interesting and helpful articles and programs. To learn more about why the world is the way it is today, and to discover more solutions to the world's problems, we encourage you to join us again next week on TW Now. Next week, we do plan to interview an expert on China. And in that program, we'll give you an in-depth glimpse into who the Chinese people are and what motivates them to do what they do today. You won't want to miss this fascinating program. We also invite you to be sure to subscribe, like, or share today's program. And again, we'll look forward to seeing you again next week here on TW Now.